welcome to Turn About Breakdown, a podcast where Diego and I play the Ace Attorney series from one to the end. We are currently playing Ace Attorney Investigations 2, uh, the fourth case, the forgotten turnabout. How are we feeling on this one? I mean, the, <laughs> this one was getting better for like 60% of it, and then it was kind of a drag, uh, but it was interesting. I liked it. It was, like, more story-involved than the others, I think. Mm. Uh, and that's why it hooked me more than the others, maybe. Yeah, it definitely felt like the case felt a lot more based around just, like, that kind of character interaction and stuff like that, rather than, like, all this investigation and stuff. Even though the back half was still, like, a lot of arguing and, like, going back and forth, I still thought it was... It had some interesting stuff going on. I feel positive about you saying 60% was good, because last time you, you said something like, oh, being generous the first two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if I remember rightly. And then before that, you were like one hour. So, you know, we're getting up there. Yeah, I mean, I actually saw most of it. I mean, I had to stop for like, I tried to nap and then I went to like get groceries. And I like, I needed a break. But still, like I saw like the entire case in one day. And that hadn't happened since, I don't know, the original trilogy, maybe. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Although, I mean, I didn't do it this time either, but yeah, definitely. I mean, this one was shorter, which helps, but it's still, mm-hmm. yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, it also helps that the opening of the case is like this like, big kind of sad mystery about like one important character. And it's like, no, 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 what happened here? So yeah, I, I kind of like took that bait at the beginning, which was <laughs> good. You should lay it out. What was the what was the opening of this case? Uh, I mean, I remember the moon. And I was like, oh, of course there's a moon again. Hey, it was important evidence in this case. It like, was, yeah. I, it kind of <laughs> was, it kind of wasn't, who knows. <laughs> I don't remember. But I do remember that it was like brought up later on, like four hours after. <laughs> but basically, like, we see Kay at the top of this, like, skyscraper. And she's, like, talking to somebody. We don't know who that person is. And all of a sudden, she gets, like, pushed off from the rooftop. And she falls down screaming and looking at the camera and it's like the screen face to black and you're like what the fuck just happened so yeah that's i mean there's like something else afterwards but that's like the one cutscene for this case yeah and immediately i was like uh wait okay i've got to try and write these notes like slightly coded to not be like hey the first thing that happens in this case is that k gets memory loss Mm -hmm. uh and then like they just kept introducing more and more characters who i wanted to talk about but i i didn't want to spoil for you that they came back so i was like okay this is the first time ever we gotta write our notes in separate documents (laughs) (laughs) it's easier to see this way like how much you write as opposed to how little i do which is funny you wrote a fair amount this time i think i got a hundred words 101 (laughs) words that's a lot. Yeah, that's not bad. Like, you wrote basically a full page, and I ended up going on to three pages, but the last one's not finished, so, like, that's definitely closer than a lot of the ones we've had where I wrote, like, six pages. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think this case, like, in general, was, like, more focused. Like, there was not so mm-hmm. much stuff where I was just, like, not so interested in it, so it shows they do kind of know how to edit down to only what they need sometimes. <laughs> I mean, a bit late, but... Yeah, sure, I'd take it. <laughs> but at least they did it in this one, because I feel like this one was quite pivotal. Like, basically, when we get further down, like, I'm getting out of myself, but still. About, you know, four hours into this case, I was like, is this not the last case in the game? Like, what is right. happening? They're, like, wrapping everything up. And then, more towards the end, I did remember more of what happens in the last case, but 
I don't know, we'll get to that next time, but I feel like they could have wrapped on this one. Like, there's a few mysteries that still haven't been solved, but obviously they could have put those into this and made it a bit longer. But I guess by this point they had just made, like, the expectancy of having five cases. But this case really wraps up a ton of stuff, so we kind of start out, I mean, obviously it opens this new thing where it's like Kay was pushed off a building and she comes back with memory loss and she comes back with all these bandages and stuff on and she doesn't have her outfit and stuff so she doesn't mm. look very familiar but it is still very funny when Edgeworth and Gumshoe see her and they don't recognize her yeah I'm like I still feel like I would recognize her like her sprite looks very different but if it was real life it's like um <laughs> I mean even her hair is like kind of characteristic like you yeah. will notice like the color because it has like a different he doesn't have the hair like tied when she shows up again but still like I don't know. Yeah, I remember actually when I first played this, I think, being like, did Kay always have those really bright green eyes? Because, like, mm. that's pretty recognizable. And obviously in her, like, new sprite that's introduced in this one, it kind of stands out more because she's wearing, like, plainer clothes. And like you said, her hair isn't, like, very eye-catching. It's just, like, down. Whereas usually she has it in that big, like, top knot, like, with that key through it, which I really love. Like, her character design is really cool. <laughs> anyway, it's way more noticeable in that sprite. And then, you know, when you look at her again, you're like, oh, no. It was always like that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so obviously that's like a new thing that's introduced for this case, but this case also wraps up a bunch of stuff. Well, it doesn't really wrap it up, but it kind of implies that it's going to by uh, having the prosecutorial investigatory... Invest- I still don't know what the actual name of that is. The PIC, you know, having the basically the trial of Edgeworth about whether he's going to have his badge and stuff. So yeah, it kind of feels like you kind of expect it to wrap up and then it just doesn't. So it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I get what you mean about this could have been, like, the last case. Even though I like the teaser of, like, what's gonna happen in the next one. It kind of feels like, oh, one more thing. And, yeah, I don't know. I would like to hope that it's, like, a good final case. Because it also, like, wraps up investigations as a whole. Mm, That's very true. But I do agree that this could have been, like, the last one. We, like, I don't know, an extra half an hour of, like, stuff, maybe. But yeah, I don't know. I'm curious about the last one. I mean, like, in hindsight, it definitely doesn't resolve, like, Edward's emotional arc, for sure, so mm. I'm looking forward to that. But it was just the way that, like, well, we'll get into it, but a lot of the stuff to do with, like, corruption in the lore and stuff like that, it really comes out through it. Yeah, so, you know, Edgeworth is supposed to be going to this trial and stuff, but then obviously Kay shows up and she has uh, her memory loss, and then they also find out that there was a murder at the PIC headquarters, right? Which is where Kay was on that day when she lost her memories. And one of the members of the PIC was killed, and of course, Kay gets accused. And so the whole council that Edgeworth was supposed to go to is turned into basically a trial for Kay, which is kind of funny, honestly. Because <laughs> it's just so, like, transparently, like, like we're just getting closer and closer to having a trial in every single case of investigation. <laughs> yeah. But I really love this case. Like, the premise of it, where Edgeworth basically ends up burning his career down for Kay. And, like, and the thing about it is that she starts to doubt herself, because obviously she doesn't have her own memories and stuff. But it's, like, all these parallels with DL6. And just, like, Edgeworth in general getting a really clear way to show his character development. Because a lot of it so far has been, like, well, that's not true. I was about to say a lot of it has just been him talking and not, like, doing stuff. But this is, like, the first time where he really gets to act on it in a very full way, I think. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, like, sympathize with him more. I don't know if sympathize is a word, but I enjoy seeing, like, this side of him. Again, uh, a bit, like, close to, like, the end. <laughs> 
Yeah, like, it goes back to what I was saying about, like, why did none of this come up in Investigations 1? It's so funny. I kept thinking, like, I mean, I don't want to, like, fully discard it because, like, yeah, in terms of, like, characters and whatnot. Well, it's almost as if, like, in terms of, like, character development, that game didn't happen. And it's so weird. Yeah, like, obviously, like, the fact that Kay and Edgeworth met and, like, got close and stuff, that part is important. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, in terms of Edgeworth's actual character development, like, nothing happened and then suddenly everything is happening. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, basically this whole case is just, like, I don't know, it's so good to see Edgeworth just, like, turn around and just be like, no, I will actually sacrifice everything for my weird little girl. And it's, like, very... <laughs> I don't know, it's very thematic, and, like, in part it's thematic where it's like, oh yeah, the, like, Maya or whoever is always in trouble. <laughs> like, how many times, you know, have you had to defend Maya, and now you're having to defend Kay as well? And this isn't even the first time we've had to defend Kay, but still. <laughs> so, in one way, it's like, okay, a bit repetitive, but this one really works for me, I think, as kind of a culmination of Edward's arc, or at least, like, getting towards the culmination, you know? Yeah, he's arc when he learns about the concept of friendship. Basically. Speaking of friendship, Francisca Van Kava shows up. I was surprised. I was like, oh yeah, like she hasn't been here this whole game. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I don't know. Like, she was interesting in this case. I think part of it was very much like a... It almost felt like they were like, oh yeah, we need to have a prosecutor who's on Edward's side. And then part of it was like, oh yeah, we're bringing back in the smuggling ring stuff mm. from the other game. We never really hear too much about that. It's kind of relevant to the details of the case, but... Yeah, it was interesting that she was there. There was a few moments where I was like, oh, I don't love this, which I'm sure we'll get to. And then there were a few moments where I was like, hey, this rules. So yeah, it's 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 Ace Attorney writing women 100% <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it. And the other character that we're introduced to close to the beginning here is Blaise de Best, who is Sebastian's father, um, which just kicks off this like, this whole case is just like beating up Sebastian on every side. <laughs> like, I felt so bad for him by the end. I mean, you're obviously supposed to, but like, Blaze is obviously a horrible father, but then like, Edgeworth is pretty mean to him. Like, Francisca definitely is mean to him. Everyone, like, I mean, it's been like that through the whole game, right? Because he's so pretentious, but God, this case felt brutal for him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was also surprised to see Blaze being like, like, I don't know, we're not used to, like, seeing Asatronic characters that actually curse, like, a lot of time, uh, or, like, often. And he was, like, pretty, pretty mean to his son, in, like, a explicit way sometimes. That was like, huh, this is weird. He's obviously, like, a fucking asshole. <laughs> but you don't usually see, like, someone calling, like, I don't know, another person, like, stupid or something like that, like, like every three dialogue beats. Yeah, or, like, it's usually much more jokey, like, Fran does that to everyone, right? But it's, like, that's her, like joke characterization yeah and fool is kind of like you know yeah it's softer and it's more like comedic whereas like he's just like extremely fucking cruel <laughs> yeah so this is the kind of setup and then so obviously from there like we get a lot of this interesting stuff to do with the pic again and this is some of the parts where francisca i think her characterization in this one was a little bit inconsistent because like one of the first things she says is uh when searching for the truth it's best not to take sides and i'm like that's not a thing that Fran thinks. Like, she's like, oh yeah, prosecuting is great. Like, I'm perfect. <laughs> Everything I do is perfect. Like, she's had no growth away from that in the way that Edgeworth has, at least on screen. So then throwing it in there felt really weird. <laughs> and then later she's like, oh, what does the PIC come to when there's like more of the corruption shown? And it's like, I don't know. That was just like a weird comment because it was like, so did she think that they were good before? And like, were they ever good? 
supposedly good and like I don't know like again like it just needed a lot more elaboration I think it felt kind of like they didn't know where to put Fran in this very complicated web of like you know the stuff we've talked about a ton of times where they've like set up this terrible system and then been like we don't know what to do with this and I felt like Fran was quite emblematic of that like her her reactions she was just like oh kind of inconsistent like the rest of the <laughs> yeah like I don't know like her presence in this case in particular felt like a bit forceful i don't know like it didn't work for me that well like i was mm. at the beginning it was like oh cool fran again and by the end it was like oh yeah fran yeah she was there there was one point in this in particular which really didn't work for me uh which is when edgeworth gives up his badge deliberately so that he can defend k not like defend like defense attorney but still like it's it's a whole thing where he has to give up his badge because it's getting in the way basically because Courtney's like, you can't do this as a prosecutor. And he's like, okay, cool. I'll just not be a prosecutor then. <laughs> and it's like a really big moment for Edgeworth and like like a culmination of this whole game in general. And then Fran's reaction to it is really, she's like, oh, you're leaving me behind again? And like gets annoyed about it. And like, it just feels like, oh, Fran has not developed at all from that part at the end of Justice for All where she's like crying about Edgeworth like leaving her behind. Like it's exactly the same thing. And I understand why they're doing it as a callback, but... Everyone else has had, like, character development. And even, like I said earlier on, they were, like, implying that she's had character development and then she hasn't. And then, like, I don't know, it just felt really... It didn't feel like good writing for Fran and it felt really... It felt really shallow because it was placed after that big moment for Edgeworth where, like, you... It's like, I don't know why this metaphor just came into my head, but, like, the moment for Edgeworth is, like, you you look back and you see how far Edgeworth's come and it's, like, this road stretching into the distance and then immediately they're, like, this is how far Fran's come and it's, like, she's in exactly the same spot, you know? <laughs> it just felt really bad in comparison. So that's, like, the opening of the case. Let me go into some investigations. There's a great moment where there's a TV on the roof where they're supposed to be investigating where, like, Kay was and, like, what she was up to. And there's a TV there, and Edgeworth starts watching it, and then he's like, what am I watching this for? And I, it's like, yeah, he's getting distracted, you know? Like, that part makes sense. And then he's like, the Steel Samurai doesn't air today. <laughs> that was one of my favorite lines from the whole thing, where it's, like, implying that if the Steel Samurai children's cartoon was on, he would have just, like, dropped his whole investigation into Kay. I've been like, never mind. <laughs> I gotta watch this first. <laughs> Fucking no. That's funny. It was really funny. Um, then we get our our next new introduction of the case, which is uh, Emma. She's back. Yay! So something which was extremely funny in Investigations One when we were talking about it is that like Emma showed up for that really tiny moment. And I was like, we were talking about how like how weird it was that she was even in that case because she never came back. Or like, sorry, we were talking about how weird it was that she was in that case because she was in it for such a short amount of time and didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, she must be coming back later in this game, right? So they were like, well, we'll just introduce her now so you know who she is and then she'll come back. And then she never did. <laughs> but she's here now and she's actually in this case. I kind of wish there was more like, I mean, I'm sure, uh, well... I shouldn't say anything because I don't actually remember whether she's in the next case, but I hope she is because like her and Kay seem to get on really well. Mm -hmm. But obviously there isn't a lot of that because Kay doesn't have her memories. <laughs> um, so I think like having her and Kay together properly would be really, really fun. Yeah, I was going to say like I didn't want to sound like pessimistic, but it was kind of like the same thing as the past game where it's like, oh, Emma. Oh, yeah, here's like your new gadget for the Nintendo 3DS. And you do like <laughs> one investigation scene at the scene, and it's like, okay, sure. That's true, but she definitely does more than she did in the last one where oh, she was yeah, 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 just yeah. like 
I don't know, like, she she at least hung out and, like, chatted a bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, though, the premise of her show when I was like, oh, yeah, I was just, like, passing down the street. And I was like, hey, I can help. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, aren't you supposed to be in Europe? Like, like <laughs> the whole point of her leaving in Investigations 1 was that she was like, oh, sorry, I have to run off to Europe. And then this is only a few days later. She's like, no, I came back, actually. <laughs> Very funny, basically, the writers being like, don't even worry about it, she's just here now. <laughs> she has a line, I can't remember what she's actually talking about, but she's like, yeah, they do all these manly European sports in Europe, and... Firstly, I don't know what the fuck she's talking about. And secondly, Edgeworth's like, yeah, like, oh, they do weird stuff in Europe. And I'm like, Edgeworth, you literally grew up in Europe. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's so weird. And... Then we get another, I was going to say new character, returning character, which is Lotta Hart. She's here. Yay. So there's a very, it's very packed. Like there's some nice shots in this with all the sprites and it's like, oh yeah, like look how many characters are here. And like, I don't know. I don't feel like they crowd each other out too much in this. Like they all seem to have their place. Like you say, Emma probably has the least, but, or, well, Fran, I didn't really like what they did with Fran, but she still has like quite a lot of time, I reckon, like enough time. It's kind of, I kind of, I think they did... I give it a 7 out of 10 for how well they balance those characters. It was so funny to like hear that back and forth in like quick succession be like, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean. Well, now I can't edit it out. Fuck you. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, yeah. That's just how it is talking about Ace Attorney sometimes. Uh, speaking of, you know, that stuff, we both made this note, which is that Ray is like even worse in this case than he is in the other cases. Especially because Kay is, like, more vulnerable, I guess, which makes it way worse. Mm. Don't love it. Also, he doesn't really do shit in this case, so he could have just kind of not been there. No. I guess he needs to be there because, like, there's still this, like, question of whether Edgeworth is going to become a defense attorney, right? And, Mm. like, you know, that kind of stuff. But, yeah, he doesn't do- he doesn't really contribute. (laughs) No, I mean, when he hears about the badge, it's kind of like, you, you like, uh, gave up your badge. Yeah, okay. And that was kind of, like, there's, like, another comment that I don't even remember. And I think there were, like, more moments of, like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna, like, say this to you so you can reflect on your whole life and how you want to, like, <laughs> like, what's your next path or whatever. Uh, and he's like, oh, okay. Can you give me a hug? Oh, fuck off, Ray. I want to hear about you again. Yeah. I think, like, I bet, like, 60% of his lines in this case were just him being a creep, whereas in the last case it was, like, 10%, which is still too many, but... Yeah. Uh, so, what we're investigating here is uh, an evidence auction where, like, in the PIC building, a bunch of people are, like, trying to buy evidence that have been involved in past cases. Now, at the beginning, they imply that they're all, like, Edward's past cases, but then it turns out that's not true. So I thought that was, like, a plot point where they were like, oh, someone's obsessed with Edward. (laughs) (laughs) But it turns out that's not it. It's just, like, a bunch of people selling off evidence. They never really talk about why, though. They don't say, like, oh, you know, to, like, hide it or, like, to to like get rid of it and stuff or like whatever they don't really explain why people will be spending so much money on this stuff but it's obviously just like evidence of corruption we don't need to go too much into it i mean that was kind of a we as in the writers were just like we don't really need to go too much into it which is very funny because again it's just them being like yeah like what kind of corruption can we do and then being like let's not think about it too hard though <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, we kind of mentioned this. Like, we talked about how Emma is really only here to introduce, like, the, like, new investigation thing, which is the Luminol. Like you said, they added it in the DS case. So they were like, we have to keep doing it again. And, like, the stuff you have to spray before you can move on is so... I was, like, watching... You know, we've mentioned before how we're just watching the case and not actually playing it. And I was like, this is the first time I have been so happy that I don't have to do this myself. Because <laughs> yeah. even if I remember rightly, you have to spray like three things in this room where there's like a bunch of different evidence. So there's like a lot of interactable spots. And two of the three, Edgeworth or or Emma or somebody is like, I never would have thought to spray here. And it's like, yeah, well, so if you're playing it, like you would never think about it. You just basically would have to go through by trial and error and touch every single thing. And I was like, that would have made me so mad if I had to do it. (laughs) I'm pretty sure the guy I was watching must have like been doing it for the second time or like reading a guide or something because they managed to do it pretty quickly. But it seemed like a nightmare to me. Yeah, I think the only hint that you have is like Emma being like, Oh, there's still a couple spots that we haven't seen yet. But aside from that, it's just like, yeah, you're on your fucking own in this, like, (laughs) room with a lot of stuff. And it's like, oh, fuck, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like we're missing a few things like that. Like, I remember talking about it in the trilogy being like, oh, this part was annoying. That one would have been so annoying, I think, that I could notice it even without playing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then, yeah, after we investigate that room, we basically end up going back into the committee room and just, like, that's the rest of the case. It's just, like, being in this committee room, arguing with, like, Courtney, Blaze, and Sebastian. But... It doesn't feel too back and forth and it doesn't feel like I think the thing is that there's so many characters that like everyone gets to do something kind of interesting. So it was a little slow, but it definitely wasn't as bad as a lot of the other cases, especially in Investigations 1. No, I didn't fall asleep this time around. So I think it was an improvement. <laughs> I'm reading this thing that says sleepy, although that's further down, but still... Yeah, that, that's when I was like, my eyes started to close down. I was like, okay, I'm going to go and take a nap. And then I didn't sleep. And I was like, I'm going to go and get some fresh air and get groceries. And then I came <laughs> back and I watched like the later half. So yeah, yeah it was that's... fine. It was better. Maybe. <laughs> I just realized that I totally lied. Um, Actually, which is that like, we have like a little bit in the committee room where basically they arrest Kay and then they arrest Edgeworth because he's been like doing an illegal investigation. Um, That part, I just didn't write any notes on. I think that part was kind of like nothing really happened. The only thing I have a note on here is Edgeworth, after having watched Blaze and Sebastian interact like quite a few times at this point, and like you said, every third text box is Blaze being like, my son is a fucking idiot. (laughs) (laughs) He says... Is this kind of father-son relationship really healthy? And I was like, okay, yeah, okay. We just didn't want to use any subtext on this one. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so then we do have like this in-between part where Edgeworth is in the cell, which is like basically the exact same cell from the prison case. And it's buck wild on so many levels. (laughs) So firstly, the first thing he says is, this is the second time I've been in this cell. And at first I didn't think anything of that. I was like, oh yeah, he was in the cell when he did the prison investigation and then i was like wait do you mean when you were arrested oh wait a minute no he has actually been in jail before and then i was like i don't they should have said third because this is really throwing me off like which one did they mean (laughs) (laughs) and then i was like sorry but they expect me to believe that miles edgeworth was in jail and phoenix Wright did not show up like fuck off i don't believe it i just don't believe it Hmm. what is phoenix again 
Oh, sorry. Well, I was just going to say it comes up again later, but yeah, what the fuck is Felix doing? Like, they should have made some kind of excuse in this where, you know, how they always make the excuse, like, Edgeworth is in Europe right now, so he's not here. Oh, I was about <laughs> like to say, like, he's in Europe, stuff. like, replacing Emma's, like... Right, exactly. Like, they should have made some kind of excuse because it is genuinely, like, I know it had to happen... But, like, why the fuck does he not show up here? There's no reason. I don't believe it. Um, like, even when... Like, okay, Kay isn't in a trial, but, like, Edgeworth would have asked Phoenix to defend her as well. Like, I don't... Like, I don't... I don't... <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me. Like, even, like... Like, okay. I'm trying... Like... <laughs> the thing is, I'm, I'm not being... <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> this is not me being overly like shippy or anything because while while uh edgeworth is in this prison he's like talking about how so courtney shows up and he says like oh this is the exact quote the me from before had power that's why i thought justice was on my side however because of a certain man my self-centered sense of justice was let me try, let's try that again. My self-centered sense of justice. Wow, that's a tongue twister. <laughs> My self-centered <laughs> sense of justice was broken down. Like, he's literally thinking about Phoenix and he's not like, wow, I'm in jail. I should call Phoenix. Like, it's kind of important. <laughs> However, that quote is also very thematic and good. And talking about like... I, it's not as much as the last episode, right? But like that that one line at least where he's like talking about how uh, he was confused between power and justice. Like that definitely comes up thematically through the rest of the case as well. <laughs> um, yeah, the other thing about this prison thing is that they go in again on the fact that the prison sucks. They've run out of toilet paper apparently. And then Edgeworth like reads the menu and it's like, gruel moldy bread like you can't just keep saying this and then being like it's cool we'll keep sending people to prison like even mm. like oh my god edgeworth like you need to think this through <laughs> and like i don't know i mean i've gone over this so many times by this point but like it's on the one hand going so intense and then on the other hand being like Edgeworth's, like, whole philosophy just doesn't reach this point at all, so we'll never talk about it again. It's very funny. Um, yeah, and then, like I said, Courtney shows up in this and, like, talks to Edgeworth, and it's, like, very confusing, and then later on, like, to jump ahead just to stay with Courtney, uh, she basically just ends up flipping to Edgeworth's side, and it felt very abrupt, and it didn't make a lot of sense to me. I don't know, what did you think? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there were, like, a couple of times uh, during this case in which, like, especially in the later half, where the game tries to, like, like shine a new light on, like, how Courtney is and be like, oh, maybe she's not, like, a fucking fanatic of the law anymore. And she actually, like, kind of gets to see the problems of, like, all the loopholes that are, like, in her, like, so-called, like, sacred law or whatever. And then it kind of, like, goes, goes back and forth with that. And I don't think they do, like, anything substantial with it. She kind of becomes, like, the weird little girl that helps, like, uh, Edgeworth towards the end being like, oh, no, you don't give up. Here's, like, a hint of what you should be looking for. And I guess it's fine. I don't know. But weird. Like, they could have done, like, something more interesting, like, like almost, uh, like, as what we're seeing with Edgeworth at the moment in terms of, like, right. being a prosecutor and whatnot. Exactly. Like, yeah, it felt like to me, if you remember way back in the Will Powers case in the first game, the third case, you know when Edgeworth, like, suddenly starts helping you um, and it feels really weird at the time? But, like, that is much more, like, 
I mean, it's built on afterwards, so I guess it's a bit unfair to be, like, judging it now. But, like, mm. Courtney, it's just really not well explained, like, wh- why she does it and, like, that kind of thing. Because, like, yeah, it's just really abrupt. Like, they try and make it, like, oh, yeah, actually, this was always her philosophy. Like, she, you know, she's always been, like, really into this, like, goddess of the law stuff. And they're like, oh, yeah, Edward kind of just misinterpreted what it was before. But actually, he is devoted to justice in this way. And it's like, no, like, she's definitely acting inconsistently with how she has before. <laughs> and then, like, towards the end when they explain, like, oh, yeah, well, Jill... Crane, the victim, was her friend and, like, was trying to investigate, like, this underground auction, like, illegal smuggling stuff. Uh, so she was, like, trying to then, like, pick up from where Jill left off and stuff like that. Mm. But it's, like, then she wouldn't have acted in the way that she did it a bunch of times. Like, it just doesn't actually really work out, I don't think. They try and make it, like, this twist and, like, like you said, like, almost following Edward's path, but it doesn't really feel like it was earned, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, jumping back, like, I mean, obviously I knew this. So so this is the point where we just get into this, like, ending, you know, arguments in the committee room. I will say um, one thing which I really like about that is that because there are so many characters, like, they're always coming in and off the screen in this way. And, like, I've talked before about how Investigations 1 was the first one where you often had, like, two characters on screen at the same time, like, looking at each other. Whereas in the trilogy, it was always just, like, one character facing forwards and I like what that can do for the games and I think that now that they've got so many characters it really helps with this and like one thing they did which was really interesting in this one was like always people who were looking left were like on Edra's side and then people who were looking right were on Blaze's side basically so often there was like this back and forth and when Courtney like switches sides she physically switches sides I thought that was one like cute touch (laughs) I kind of noticed that that's cool yeah. Um. So like, by the end, it's only Blaze and Sebastian ever being on the right hand side. I thought it was just like a nice little touch in those arguments. Do they do the same uh, with the uh, doctor and the nurse? I don't remember their names. Oh yeah. No, I think actually they always stay on the other side. So maybe I maybe it undermines my point a bit. But yeah, they uh they stay on that side. I think. But hmm. I don't know. I remember like. <laughs> first came into the case i was like i know they're gonna be important for like the details of this case but i also know that like they're gonna be like you know how we haven't really been talking about the details of the cases because it's just like not doesn't really fit thematically with the cases anymore yeah yeah and like the details always get like really bogged out i was like i know they're gonna end up like that so i'm just not gonna think about them at all And I was right. Yeah, so the thing about Blaze is, like, obviously I remembered that, like, he turned out to be the killer and, like, the person who was, like, doing the auction and stuff. Basically was, like, the source of all this corruption in the PIC. But, like, even when you first see him, I reckon you could look at him and be like, this man has a breakdown animation. I'm 100% sure. Because he's always, like, waving this lighter around and, like, sobbing and stuff. And I was just like, he has so many little animations. There's no way he's not, like, gonna have a breakdown animation (laughs) yeah it's like they're not doing themselves like any favor with like their character designs i mean it's almost like i feel like this is one of those cases where you're supposed to basically know who did it from the start because like he's just so comically evil like with sebastian and everything and with the way that he treats Kay and just being like yeah we're arresting her right away and like Hmm. he's so obviously set up to be the bad guy in this that i think it's not too far of a step to be like and he also was the killer you know yeah, plus he has, like, that brilliant smile to him all the time. <laughs> he really 
really does. So in this final part, like, Kate is sort of like, oh, you can, like, I'm causing you a lot of trouble. Like, she's kind of, I don't know, like, it was really obviously set up, like, kind of contrived to, like, force Edgeworth to state his position. Uh, but it, it still worked for me, like I said, like, his, I see you clicking on my link. <laughs> <laughs> his, uh characterization kind of needed that push and so i have had this post save for a really long time and um i had to go and find it it took me quite a long time to find it when i found this but like it's a comparison between dl6 and this case where edgeworth is talking about why he became a prosecutor originally like this is from the dl6 case so obviously this is like pre any character development edgeworth and he says my father was taking from me and you want me to defend criminals i'm sorry right but i'm not that good of a person and like I think we talked about it at the time because I was like, the thing about this line is that he, at this point, also believes that he killed his own father, so he's, like, punishing himself, basically. It's, like, such a fucking line. And then when Kay, in this case, is arguing, like, oh, you should just stop defending me because, like, it's gonna get you into a bunch of trouble. And she's like, I don't want you to defend me, basically, quote, because you're a good person, Mr. Edgeworth. And Edgeworth says, uh, I may fall short of your expectations. I'm not trying to be a good person. No matter how much you want me to give up, I will keep trying to save you. And it's like, Edgeworth still using the same argument of I'm not a good person to do the exact opposite thing is, like, fuck wild. And I feel like that's probably... Well, I was going to say it's deliberate on the part of the fan translators, but it's probably deliberate on the part of the writers as well, right? Like, they do so many callbacks and, like, bring stuff back from the trilogy that I feel like they probably were like, hey, this is very deliberate wording. Hmm. Um, It's really interesting because it would have been very easy, I think, to make this case, like, uh, this whole game, really, about Edgeworth. It would have been easy to make the whole of Edgeworth's character development about his career. But this case really made it about him, like, being a decent person also. Even though he, he argues that he isn't, but, like, it's kind of made obvious that he is, right? <laughs> um, you wrote Edgeworth learns about the concept of friendship, basically, like... I don't know. I think it's really, really interesting that they, like, put so much into that. And, like, there's so much emphasis on Edgeworth not just defending... Kay in terms of like arguing for her but like just being really nice to her you know <laughs> I don't know it was cute I was happy about it yeah yeah I, I kind of like again I, I like seeing like this side of Edgeworth I'm being like okay okay you're not being like a <laughs> like an asshole all the time uh anymore that's <laughs> that's cool to me happy for you he also does one of those cute uh, present like options which have come up in like a lot of the games where you're trying to convince somebody of something in a discussion and when Kay is like how could you possibly know that I didn't do this he like presents her badge and he's like well you're the Atagarasu so you only do like noble thievery you would never do murder and stuff like that and I thought that was a really fun moment where Edgeworth was like some crime is good and you're <laughs> good for being a criminal <laughs> and I was like yeah that was that was a big step for Edgeworth <laughs> and yeah, so we basically have this big villain reveal for Blaze, and not only was he the killer, but he was also doing a bunch of corruption for the PIC, and was, like, behind a lot of the bad stuff in the PIC, which, again, is like, oh, don't look at the system, we've just found the bad guy behind it, so it's fine, which is very Ace Attorney, but also, like... The weirdest thing that happens in this is that they're like, oh yeah, remember how Manfred von Karma forged evidence in the IS-7 incident, which is the one with the, you know, the one we talked about last week, like the one that Gregory did where eventually Gregory ended up getting killed over it. Mm. Uh, They were like, oh yeah, by the way, that wasn't really Manfred von Karma, that was Blaze. And I was like, that 
just undermines everything like so much. I don't know why you would do that. Like that was really weird to me. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the one thing that it did open up, but like obviously they could have done this without this because like it's just two corrupt prosecutors, is like it opens all these parallels between Francisca and Sebastian. And like Francisca clearly also sees them. And this is a thing that I mentioned earlier that like this one really works for me is when Fran is like, damn, Sebastian must be having a bad day. And it's like, yeah, you would know, you know, like having your father be exposed by that. Hmm. I don't know. I thought it was really cute. Like Fran and Sebastian don't really talk in this, which I think is a shame because like there's some nice moments where Fran and Kay talk and like it goes back to that thing I've mentioned before about how like Fran is really nice to a lot of the people who she doesn't feel in competition with. So basically anyone except Edgeworth and (laughs) Phoenix. And yeah, she's really, really like defensive of Kay in this. And and it's a good moment for her. And I wish there was more of that. And I feel like it would have been really good for her to have a moment. Maybe she will in the next case. I genuinely don't remember. But uh, like, I don't even remember if she's in it. <laughs> but it would be nice for her to have some chat with Sebastian, I think, and just be like, hey, like, I know what it's like to be under so much pressure from your dad. And like, I know, like, yeah. it must be really hard for you right now to see that he's like a bad guy, basically. I don't know. I think they would have a lot to talk about, basically. And I hope they do. Is there a fanfic about it? I'm sure there is. Like, I haven't looked, but I feel like that's a very rich area. The thing is, I don't think there's too much Ace Tony Investigations 2 fanfic, Mm. which is a real shame because I feel like Sebastian would be, like, one of the easiest... Not, like, easiest, but, like... (laughs) There's a lot of potential there for Sebastian to be talked about in fanfic, I think, with, like, his parallels to Francisca and, like, also to Edgeworth. (laughs) I don't know. We'll see how Sebastian's treated by the last case. I'm curious about that, I think, because... He, like, he was such a punching bag in this case. I just feel bad. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Like, of course, he's, like, designed to be hated. Yeah. But in this case, it's kind of like, oh, fuck. Like, that's that's maybe too much. (laughs) Yeah. And then right at the end of the case, we got a call from your favorite character. Do you want to talk about that? Yay. I mean, (laughs) I can think in, like... Uh, I think it was like the first the first case that I said it's really cool to have Shelly the killer like come back. But if they if like investigations to does <laughs> this character wrong, I'm gonna be so mad. And I, I'm I, I don't know. I'm hesitant about what the the fuck they're gonna do about it because it's like <laughs> he kind of starts hinting at what what I was thinking of like when he first showed up, being like, oh yeah, he's like the mastermind behind all of this. And no, he, he like mentions like something like, yeah, you know that there's like a mastermind behind all of this because there's like a couple of mysteries unsolved still. He kind of hints like, this isn't me. Uh, what do I gain from like doing any of this? So I don't know. It's weird. Maybe he's just like playing a trick, but knowing him uh, personally, after so <laughs> many years, I doubt he, he would go that far. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, um, I'm really interested, actually, because I genuinely had forgotten that he was, like, around and, like, you know, a character who is relevant to this game. How dare you? So, when he shows up at the- sorry, (laughs) when he shows up at the end- well, he doesn't show up, he just- you know, uses the walkie-talkie. It's really interesting because, like you said, he's just like, hey, isn't there more mysteries to solve? Like, you know there must be a mastermind behind all of this, uh, like you said, and yeah, like, I- I remember- some stuff about the next case, but I do not remember what Dakila has to do with it at all. Like, what his, what his uh, part in this is. Hmm. So, I'm looking forward to it. And I can't believe we're almost done with Investigations 2 and the whole Investigation series. Yeah, and it's easy to say because YouTube keeps showing me stuff about the point of justice already, and it's like, okay, hold on, hold on. Yeah. 
We're going to move ahead slash backwards to Apollo Justice. It's true. Yeah. Fuck. Not yet, though, because we have to do the last case. Do you remember last time we recorded? I was like, I'm going to have to tell you how long the case is live on air and it's going to be painful. No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's not as bad as I thought it would be, but it is eight hours. Uh... Um, I would recommend that we take one week off from recording so that you can split it across two weeks. I mean, I mean... And I'm willing to go on the record on this. I don't give a shit. You know, <laughs> you know how I am. It's gonna be like, oh yeah, I have an extra week where I'm not gonna like do anything, and I'm gonna watch everything like the previous eight hours before chronic. But I appreciate the, <laughs> the, well, the sentiment either way. We'll see how it goes next week. Um, mm, yeah, I got a lot of freelance work coming up, but I know you do as well. So this could be interesting. Eight hours. Why? Why? That's only one more hour than the other longest case. So hopefully yeah, it's just, you know, and a, you, a nice bit of pacing and we'll be fine. You know my feelings on it, so. <laughs> but this one's got, well, I assume it has a decolorant, so how bad could it be? Mm, we'll see. <laughs> well, do you have anything else to add to this case? I don't think so, no. The, the only thing that is not like the most deep reading of the character but uh, <laughs> the one thing i wanted to say like oh this is me being smart is that the um seeing the doctor and the nurse whom again i don't remember their name sorry for like like a ventriloquist which i thought it was like super interesting to me but they don't do anything with it so it's kind of like meh yeah it is interesting especially because we've had like a ventriloquist character but like you said they don't really go anywhere with it unfortunately yeah that's it okay well in that case you can find me <laughs> It's fine. I don't know why you're laughing. That's a perfectly good way to end a podcast. Um, you can find me on Twitter at JM Costello, and you can find the show at Breakdown AA. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter trying to avoid apologizing spoilers at DiegoRuecho66. I just have to say one thing, which is that Diego said to me, YouTube started recommending me Apollo Justice videos, and I was like, oh my god, what spoilers have you seen? And Diego was like, <laughs> I saw that one blonde man, who I know, I knew Diego had seen them a bunch of times. Uh, I was about to say their name, and then I was like, don't do that. Uh, and then he was like, I saw two children, and I was so curious. What did you say? Two kids. Two kids. And I was so curious. I was like, which kids do you remember anything about no he, I was like can you describe them to me and Jacob was like no <laughs> I only remember they were kids and now I'm so curious about which two characters you saw but I guess I'll never know we'll see in like a couple of weeks I guess <laughs> yeah I'm excited to start Apollo Justice same honestly same and actually use my 3DS after years that would be fun <laughs> so uh the plan for this week uh I don't know I had a couple of ideas I kind of, like, try to, like, tease. I mean, not tease, but, like, try to, like, have in the dog so I wouldn't, like, forget about him. The first was, like, to kill a mockingbird, and it didn't make any sense. The second was <laughs> the K and the bowl, because of, like, that bowl that is, like, in the auction house. Yeah. And, and the one I went for was, like, okay, okay. Like, if, if I was, like, reviewing this case, and I had to, like, <laughs> do, like, a subhead, it would be, like, okay. What a glowing review card. <laughs> um... I like this case. I didn't like it quite as much as the last two, I think. Hmm. I don't know. Better on character moments, worse on themes. Yeah. Although, when I say worse on themes, what I mean is the other one's themes were buck wild and didn't really make any sense, but that was very fun. Anyway, we talked about that before. Uh, thank you very much for listening. I am excited to finish Investigations 2 next week, and it will be time for Apollo Justice. Yay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
Bye. <laughs> How the fuck do you end a podcast every time? <laughs> uh, there was one, I think it was like the previous one, uh, where like the last thing that you hear in the pod is like me laughing and saying, oh, that's so funny. And it cuts right at the moment. <laughs> that was so good. I forgot to mention that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>